Hello everyone, welcome to the second ever episode of What's the Appeal? Today is a really interesting one um, that I hope you will really enjoy it. Uh, when this idea popped into my head, I was like, okay, I need to do it and I need to do it like quickly until I don't forget it. We're gonna talk about Windows Phone and this is a topic I think it's, it's really interesting. It was a product that was really interesting. It had so many good things going on for it. But unfortunately, I think the timing and the market just wasn't right. Product was really good. The market though and the timing, mm, it was close. It was close though. So that being said, let's talk about Windows Phone. First of all, let's do a quick recap of what even was Windows Phone. So the iPhone came around in 2008 and then by 2010 or 2011, I think they reached to the 3GS generation or maybe even the iPhone 4, something like that. Android was starting to become a thing, like an actual thing, an actual competitor. At that time, I think it was Android 2.3 Gingerbread or something like that. And so you had these companies, you had Google and you also had um, Apple battling for the mobile. It was pretty clear at that point that the mobile was the future, or at least it was clear for these big companies. And there was one player that was in the computer world, because phones are computers at the end of the day, there was one player that wasn't in the game, and it was Microsoft. Microsoft, basically, at that point, it did an operating system for mobile phones and had some partnerships with companies like Samsung, like Nokia. They had these partnerships and some phones were developed and built with a specific version of Windows for phones called Windows Phone. Uh, the first one was called Windows Phone 7, then came 7.5, I think. And after 7.5, basically came Windows Phone 8 and then it got killed. But Basically, Windows Phone was Microsoft's answer to iOS and to Android. Let, let's see where this whole thing started. Because Windows Phone was definitely not Microsoft's first attempt at building an operating system for mobile devices. Oh no, oh no, they, they, had, they had an attempt before. And it was called Windows Phone Mobile or Windows Mobile, something like that. But it was really different. So Windows Phone was an operating system built from the ground up. The ground up. It was completely different to anything Microsoft had put before. But Windows Mobile, so its predecessor basically, wasn't anything like that. Imagine having a phone uh, with a really small kind of square display and you put Windows Vista on it and set the scaling of the screen to something like really high. That's what Windows Mobile sort of looked like. It had, uh, it had a really Windows Vista-ish aspect to it. And the interaction had like a start menu. It had a desktop, quote unquote, the, um, desktop. It had some applications you could uh, put on it. I think there were jar files or something like it. Uh, it also there was so there were versions of these phones that had uh, even hardware keyboards attached, 
Later on, they were only touchscreen, like I think HTC did one. And they really focused a lot on the stylus. That was, like, sure, there were things that you could do without a stylus, like, for example, typing a number in order to call someone. But if you were to get into the more sort of smart capabilities of these devices, you would need a stylus for Windows Mobile. It was really clunky, as you might imagine. Um, I mean, it might have worked for a tablet, if tablets were a thing back then, but, well, they weren't. But, uh, yeah, it was really an old-fashioned way. It was sort of like grabbing your laptop, putting a touchscreen on it, and shrinking it. It's just not going to work for thumbs. The interface of something like uh, Windows Vista, or even Windows 7, was never really made for pressing with on it directly with your thumbs. Let's let's be honest here. And so that was kind of a fail, at least in comparison to Apple's. I mean, the entire ethos behind iOS was that fuck styluses. <clears throat> Those shouldn't be needed. And yeah, indeed, it, it, iOS proved that you can have and it's better, actually, to have a mobile sort of operating system without a stylus. So after Windows Mobile became a flop, Microsoft went back to the drawing board. Um, if they were to compete in this mobile game, they needed something else. They needed something different. They needed something new. And they thought that it was still early enough to where they, as a third contender, could get onto the market. As I previously said, the market was already already had two contenders. They had Apple with iOS and iPhones, and they had Android. I think at that time it was Gingerbread. So there was there was some competition going on, but definitely not a lot. I mean, I can definitely see now why Microsoft thought that they still had chances of getting into the game. And so taking the the entire failure of Windows Mobile. They started designing and developing this new operating system, which had a really huge influence on Microsoft's future in general. I'm not talking only about mobile, I'm talking about their desktops, their current UI that Microsoft is using first appeared on Windows Phone. So just that by itself is pretty amazing. It's where sort of Windows Phone died in order for Metro UI to become great. And that was a great segue into my first sort my third sort of mini chapter, and it's the interface in the beginning, so Microsoft designed this entire completely square interface. Everything was a really basic shape, like square a square or a circle. Everything was really minimalist, like take minimalism sort of to its extremes. But what that gave that simplicity was a really nice breath of fresh air. Android was really cluttered looking, and even iOS was really shiny, but Microsoft came with this really flat thing, and it looked so futuristic. I remember back in the day there was a video posted by Corning, the people that make Gorilla Glass. It was, I think, a world made of glass or something like that. And in that video, basically, they show everything being just glass, Every device we were using was glass, like just a slab of glass, and everything was nice and square or minimalist. That was our idea of the future back then. And you could argue that even these days it somehow is, but either way. 
everything was a simple shape. Um, this is why, what sort of defined Metro UI. Now, unfortunately, they had some sort of copyright or trademark issues with the name Metro UI, so they had to change it to Modern UI. But that was the sort of foundation for what the design of their entire ecosystem became afterwards. It was the first really simple, really minimalist UI that they built. And afterwards came stuff like Windows 8, which, love it or hate it, was sort of the beginning of this blocky interface on the desktop. You also had um, Windows 8.1, which, again, even Windows 10, which a lot of people thought that it took back to Vista. It was... Look at Windows 10 now. It's, again, really minimalist, really simple, really blocky. And all of these came from Microsoft's attempt to conquer the market that Apple had cornered at the time. It was the mobile market. I think it's really interesting how this product sort of had to die in order for something that had an even greater impact on Microsoft, which is modern UI, to succeed. It's definitely interesting. But let's get back to the actual operating system. If you look in for the history books, basically, at the time, Android had version 2.3, gingerbread. I'm not sure if you remember how that was, but please uh, Google, I mean, it is a podcast, I can't obviously show you images, but try to Google Android gingerbread. And oh my God, you're going to be horrified. <laughs> like the UI is so bad. It's so full of things and details and shiny stuff and the things were laggy. It just wasn't the greatest time for Android. I mean, of course, it was the beginning. But man, it was there were some dark times for Android at that time. And that's mainly why iOS was dominating the field. And to be fair, iOS was still in its infancy. I mean, it had only come out for about two, maximum three years at that time. That's not much time. Not much time for software of this magnitude to mature. And so there are a lot of things it didn't have. I don't think it even had copy-paste at that point in time. Let that sink in. But my point is, iOS was, wasn't that developed yet. I'm sure it was great. It did a lot of things good for that time, but it was definitely not a complete operating system, not, nothing like it, it is now. Android was, again, this really customizable thing, um, but it was sort of only for enthusiasts at this point. It was really hard to convince your mother to get something like that. And it was, the UIs were just bad. They had no consistency. Nothing had any consistency. Every manufacturer was trying to sort of build their own UI on top of Gingerbread, which Gingerbread was already ugly the way Google imagined it. But what other manufacturers built over it was even worse. And it was also slow. The devices weren't that powerful at the time. And um, it's it's not. I'm not talking about slow like navigating for the web or playing games. I'm talking about their interfaces, and they would get slow over time, like pretty quickly. I remember having to factory reset my phone was something quite common because that would give you the boost. That's when sort of apps for boosting your phone came on the Play Store, which basically what they were were apps that cleared your RAM memory. At that time, Android I don't think it even allowed you to 
sort of view your applications that were in the RAM memory. You had some recent apps, but that's about it. Those were some completely different times than what we know now. And so you can see how, how Windows Phone sort of had something in there. They were going for Apple. They weren't going for Android. They weren't going for the enthusiasts. They were going for Apple because they were aiming towards simplicity and making things functional and beautiful at the same time. And to be honest, I think that modern UI on those phones was incredibly beautiful. So simple, so minimalistic. Um, at times it wasn't the most intuitive, but it was so refreshing. You had never seen something like that before. And I think that's one of the greatest advantages that Microsoft had at the time. Another great advantage they had was they had some really great budget devices. And I actually had one as well. I ha so after I had an Android device, it was a budget one. And I got so frustrated for it with it. I mean, imagine that at a time someone called me and it it would freeze and I wouldn't be able to answer it or deny decline it. It it was just horrible. And so I was like, okay, I need I need a new phone. And of course, being a kid, like I I couldn't afford a new iPhone or stuff like that. Let's be real here. So what I did is I went. I sort of started to get fond of. Windows Phone. And what I ended up buying was a Nokia Lumia 710, I think. So it was a device, it was made of plastic, but it was, for a plastic device, it was pretty high quality, really nice and grippy um, on the back side of it. It had a 1.4 gigahertz processor, single core. So while it was only single core and like dual core Android devices were starting to become a thing, the core was really high clocked and the operating system was made in such a way that you really didn't feel the lack of power. And it had like 500 megabytes of RAM, if I remember correctly. Hmm, I'm not sure. But it was a really good device for a really good price. I think at the time I paid somewhere around $150 for it brand new. But okay, there were other Android good devices as well, but this is not the only one. Samsung did a device called the Omnia W. I think it was around $180, at least in my local market. And at $180, like unlocked, let's be clear, you got an AMOLED display. That was in 2011. So let me say that again. In 2011, Samsung had a device, a mobile device, with an AMOLED display for less than 200 bucks with the same processor as the Nokia. And man, it looked so good. And the cool part is that Microsoft's interface could really use that AMOLED display because you, you had nothing like wallpapers or backgrounds. Background was either white or black. And if you set the background to black on the Omnia W, man, it would be so nice looking because pixels would be completely black. You would see no backlight. It just looked astonishing. And for the price, basically, it was really good. And they had some higher-end devices as well, which were really nice. They had some really nice cameras. Nokia also built some really higher-end ones that were pretty awesome. And even afterwards, with Windows 8 uh, phones, there were some really good hardware ones. 
like really good hardware devices. But where they really gained, started to gain a bit of traction was in the budget segment, because they, they offered some really good low-end devices. And here's the thing, those phones were so incredibly fluid. They would just fly from menus. And just as a reference, so that Nokia Lumia was probably bought in, in 2011 or 2012, something like that. Now, we're in 2020, and I gave that phone to my mom, and sure, it's a bit shattered now, but it still works. Not only that the phone itself still works, but it works exactly as fluid as it did in the first day. That is amazing. An eight-year-old phone is just as good as it was eight years ago. That's unheard of. Not even in the Apple world, in this magic Apple ecosystem, you hear of stuff like this. It's really, it's truly amazing how long of a life these things had. They had no memory leaks. I never had to reset that phone. To, again, just to put it into perspective. What, what these devices basically offered was for a really low price point, they offered really great performance. And again, at a time where great performance was not a given, if you bought a mid-range or budget Android device, oh my god, that would be painful. Really painful. It's not like these days, because these days if you go and buy budget Samsung or Xiaomi or something like that, you there's a big chance you're still going to get a good experience, good enough experience, at least. Back then, man, you would get a Galaxy Mini or something like that. Oh, sure, when you just put it out of the box, it would be great. Use it for a month, though, and yeah, that thing would slow down to a halt. You would need some patience. Windows Phone was so optimized and so greatly written, I might say, that it's... It just didn't have any hiccups. It never slowed down. It, was, it never broke. It never, you never had to reset it. You never had to reboot the phone. That, that was amazing. And part of this is its simplicity. I'm pretty sure that the simplicity of it offered it both a code simplicity in the background so that they could optimize it more, but also it offered it a futuristic look. And here comes one of the greatest features I have ever seen in a phone, in the UI of a phone, and that's live tiles. Wow, did I love them. So if you can imagine the interface of Windows Phone 7 and 8 up to 8, it was basically a grid of squares. And those squares could be like 1 by 1, could be 2 by 2, or 2 by 4. Um, so if you have a grid that's eight squares wide, basically you could play around with that and every single tile would be a square, no matter how big. A square or um, rectangle. And in supported apps, of course, those, like usually those would be, that would be your home screen. And you would basically have every single square would represent an app with an icon and maybe the name of that specific app. But some apps could take 
um, could make use of a feature called Live Tiles, which allowed it to shuffle between different, let's say, pictures or videos or something like that. And basically what that meant is that if you had uh, the Live Tile for weather on your home screen, if you just unlocked your device, you would see like a sun icon and like a picture of clouds maybe and the temperature and it was live updating. If you clicked on it, it would take you to the, um, the app itself with a really nice smooth animation where things would come on a screen from us. It was really great. But uh, you could also arrange these live tiles any way you could. And the way I like to think about it is if Apple's sort of icon grid and Android's widgets had the baby, those would probably be called live tiles because it's, it was so simple. It, it kept the simplicity of something like Apple, but it added that small bit of functionality that Apple always lacked. And if we're honest, kind of also does today. Live tiles were great because they basically gave you information at your fingertips without needing to open up apps while not sort of disturbing the <clears throat> simplicity of the UI. And also, they were much lighter than Android's widgets, that's for sure. They would not need so much battery and performance because that was a problem with some of Android's widgets is that, sure, you put this nice colored thingy on your home screen, enjoy half battery um, life left. That was, that was not fun in case of Android. Really, I keep banging on about this, but simplicity was one of the key features of Windows Phone. And it was great, man. Like, if you... So my mom still uses it, and it's just as smooth. It still looks good for an interface for a phone. It had... For the home screen, at least, it had sort of the right combination between simplicity and usefulness. It had a lot of things going for it. I mean, I've been talking for like 20 minutes about how great it was and how smooth and how performant it was and how simply looking and modern it was. So why did it fail? How come you don't see Windows Phone devices now? I mean, I've been praising it for all this time. Why why can't you buy a new Windows phone? Why isn't Microsoft competing with Apple for phone launches? Unfortunately, despite all of these incredible efforts that Microsoft did, and I'm not one to praise Microsoft. I hate a lot of things they do, like a lot of them. I am here to admit when they do good stuff, like VS Code or Windows Phone or... Um, with, when they bought GitHub, they didn't completely fuck it up. But I'm, I'm sort of going on a tangent. Where the problem came and the reason why you are not seeing today Windows phones on shelves was a bit of um, a problem of timing. So when Windows phone came out in 2010, 2011, Apple already had the uh, App Store up for one or two years. And Android also had... Um, the Google Play Store, which actually back then wasn't even called the Play Store. It was called the Android Market, and it had a little like bag, green, green bag icon. The problem is that 
since apps were becoming a thing where it was sort of the dot-com bubble all over again, but for apps, it wasn't HTTPE, it wasn't WWW websites any longer. Now it was apps. Everyone had to have an app on the App Store. This was the moment. And the app race started. Every single company started developing and you had to develop for these two competitors, for Apple and for iOS. Now, Microsoft, I think, came in just a little bit too late. If they came maybe a year earlier, maybe things would be a little bit different. But they didn't. And companies were really tied up into these two ecosystems of apps, that being Android and iOS. And there sort of wasn't the budget or the time for Windows Phone. Windows Phone was much smaller than Android or iOS, uh, as far as we're, if we're talking about user bases. And it sort of went into a, an infinite cycle. It's the classic chicken and egg problem. Um, developers were not developing apps for it because there weren't enough users. And users weren't buying Windows phones, mainly because there weren't enough apps. I mean, just to give you a bit of a perspective, I think Windows Phone never got a YouTube app, a YouTube official app. At one point, there was an aftermarket one called MetroTube, but I think that got discontinued or something. Uh, but uh, Microsoft, um, so the official YouTube app was basically a browser. You pressed on it and it took you to the browser to youtube.com. And I told you about this great experience that ha was happening so far. Now imagine going to a browser afterwards. It, it was miserable. Um, I'm not sure if Facebook had an app, but even if it did, it was really dumbed down. So if companies did have apps for Windows Phone, the rule was basically that they were much shittier and they were much, um, they had much less functionality. Now the apps embedded by default by Microsoft were good. Some of them were really good. Uh, Nokia did some really cool apps. They did here maps and here navigation, I think. Um, which were really cool offline navigation systems. They worked really well. But that wasn't enough, unfortunately. Because it came to a point where phones were mainly portals for accessing our applications. With the features you got out of the box mattered much less than the features you could add through applications. And Microsoft just arrived a little bit too late to this party. Unfortunately, by the time this thing happened, by the time Windows Phone happened, developers were so involved with the other ecosystems that they couldn't justify starting to develop for Windows Phone. And this is what sort of led to the platform's device. Of course, Microsoft tried a lot of things and tried to encourage developers to work on applications for their platform. They tried, they really did. They did try to make this a success, but at the end of the day, it was too late. Developers would never get on board. And as time went on, the issue just grew larger and larger and larger. Since they couldn't get them on board, like right in the beginning, they couldn't get them afterwards. It's not like today with Huawei's new sort of attempted at an operating system because um, 
for example, to write apps for them, you would need to maybe modify the app you wrote for Android, which, okay, it's a pain in the ass, but you just need to modify an app. Windows Phone was a completely different operating system with different features, different ways of interacting with it. And so you had to take it from scratch. And that would take a long time. And in the app development world, it's hard to justify taking a long time when you don't have a big user base. It, it just is. And it's really unfortunate because the entire sort of operating system had an entire a really good experience. If you took just the native apps that Microsoft provided for you, they were great. They worked really well, really smooth, nice animations, but the third-party support just wasn't there. It's a real shame. What Windows Phone came up to be came to be was a device that had great hardware, but poor software. In a way. The hardware was also always praised, and Nokia did some really great phones, even some plastic fantastic ones that, that were actually really good. Samsung did a few. Their HTC also definitely took a gamble on Windows Phone. Fortunately, they kind of all failed at this, but I want to iterate this again. The software itself, Windows Phone was great. Third-party support for Windows Phone was poor. So when I'm saying that great hardware but poor software, I'm not talking about the operating system. I'm not talking about the underlying software. I'm talking about the software support of third-party developers. But to be honest, you can't really blame them, can you? Imagine you being the guy who, let's say, built Candy Crush or whatever viral thing. We already have two platforms to develop for, which is really expensive. Developing an app for one platform is expensive. Developing it for two, especially back in the day when you didn't have any sort of cross-platform solutions, was even more expensive. But the point is that at the end of the day, unfortunately, because of lack of third-party app support, that was the, the Achilles heel of Windows Phone. It's a real shame, but I think that heel was triggered that they came in just a little bit too late. If they came to the market one or two years before, I think the situation would be different. I think currently on the shelves you might have been able to see Windows Phone devices. I truly do. But we don't. And it's a combination between having too many choices for developers already, having two, and I guess coming into the market a little bit too late. It's unfortunate. One good thing that did come out of Windows Phone, though, was the rebirth of, of uh, a company, of Nokia. Now, Nokia wasn't dead in 2010, 2011, but they did have great issues. So before the iPhone launched, when the first sort of attempt at smartphones were being made, they were up there. I remember them being they with LG and some other company, BlackBerry, of course. They were sort of controlling this premium phone market. But after the iPhone came out, no one cared. Nobody cared about Nokia. And so at that point, Nokia did a deal with the devil. Devil being Microsoft in this case. Where they would only sell Windows phone phones. 
And this is why Nokia took them so seriously for a long time, because they could only do that. And I think they had a contract with Windows where they couldn't switch to Android or to other operating systems. And that, that sort of also gave Nokia a boost, a big boost when, those, when they launched these budget and mid-range devices. But it also took Nokia back down, which is a bit of a shame. Look, in conclusion to this episode, I really love Windows Phone. It's one of those pieces of technology that I really wish would have succeeded. And man, I might be, I might be rocking a Windows Phone. I would have been rocking one maybe now. Who knows? It was such an influential operating system and series of phones that it sort of shaped the way Windows looks today. It shaped the way the computers of most people in the world look today. And that is amazing. Of course, it, it, even though it didn't work, it still had a really big contribution to the market, to Microsoft's, to the company itself. It was pretty interesting. I hope you enjoyed this episode on Windows Phone. I definitely did. It, it brought back some really good memories. Like, man, I... I, I completely forgot about these phones, about the Omnia W, about my Nokia 710, the Lumia series, and about just how fluid and nice this operating system was. It was a breath of fresh air when it was truly needed, when Android Gingerbread was, well, it was pretty bad. Really bad. But yeah, th those were other days. Other days. And currently we still have the same two players. We have Android and iOS. Unfortunately, Microsoft never really made it into the mobile world. They always tried. They always were trying to get into there, but somehow never succeeded. Not with Windows Mobile, not with Windows Phone 7, not with 7.1, not with Windows Phone 8, which was supposed to be the last sort of really big push towards conquering the market. Just wasn't, wasn't meant to be. Oh, well. In in a business, I guess you always have some products that are, you think they can't fail, but they do at the end. This was the case of Windows Phone, unfortunately. I really hope you enjoyed this video. Um, please leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts if you're listening on there and if you enjoyed it, of course. Um, maybe you can visit my Anchor page or visit the other episodes. The first episode that we did was on TikTok and I think it turned out really good. And really interesting. Uh, TikTok is the latest craze, so if you want to see why people love that, go check out the other episode. Also, I have another YouTube channel called Start Stop. I just released, or I should just release a video on why JavaScript, on why JavaScript is the language you should learn if you're into startups or entrepreneurship. Follow me on uh, on these channels if you liked what I'm doing, if you like business, if you like startups, if you like tech products, products in general, and if you like the stories behind these products, follow this podcast as well. Again, you can find it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Pocket Cast, basically almost any podcast listening platform out there. Thanks a lot for listening, and I really hope to see you, <laughs> see you next time. Have a good one.